We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it take us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, face it, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show Welcome to another edition of the All Bases Covered Podcast We've been Really by choice, uh, a lot of stuff Don't have Sam on the show tonight Sam is still is not feeling very good. I think he's got some food poisoning. Apparently, John, you'll find this funny. He ate some bad Chinese food, and he's not feeling very good. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it uh, seems like Sam's always fucking sick, dude. What the I fuck? Yeah. Your cooking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you keep feeding? Uh, I mean, I think every time you take somebody out or you send somebody food, dude, you're getting these people sick. Dude, that's not Maybe that's we not can call fair. Call Sam and find out if it came out the wrong way. <laughs> wow! Second. Wow! I mean, it's almost as bad as the fucking Chinese. No, if you know, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, holy I, I, shit! All right, what? Go ahead. <laughs> All right, anyway, we'll, we'll on the book. all right, dude. Well, so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, obviously, we had two big pay-per-views over the weekend. We had UFC 285, AEW Revolution that hit over the weekend. Um, but I want to get into some John Morant stuff, man, because this stuff is kind of crazy. All of a sudden, this is a dude that had, like, no history of getting in trouble. And now all of a sudden it's like it's like the fame has gotten to him and he's not handling shit real well. And now he's under investigation for stuff. Uh, Colorado police are investigating him and he you know, he was he was in trouble for smacking some dude around, like I don't know what's going to happen with him. Right now the Grizzlies are like, Well, you know, we said two games but it, it's he's on indefinite suspension until he we feel he's better. So, I, right now it's literally almost the end of the season. There's there's like three weeks left of the NBA season. Memphis is currently the number two seed out west by only a, a game. Uh, they they're going to need Ja down the stretch here if if they want to stay in like a top three seed because Phoenix is going to come on strong. Golden State is all of a sudden right around the corner. Golden State's, you know, only four games back from the number three seed. So, I I don't know, man. I, I think Memphis Memphis going to have to have a talk with Ja, man, because uh, I feel like the dude, that gets their shit straight. <laughs> yeah, so apparently now he's under investigation besides the, I guess, him flashing the gun. Uh He's not allowed having the gun on the NBA premises, 
the plane, and now they're thinking he's he brought that gun on the plane and all this stuff. So there's a lot more to this story that probably will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. But I, I think you're right. I, I, Memphis is probably going to start dropping, and it's going to hurt them. But John Morant, he's probably going to be suspended for more than 50 games. I mean, is this is this the end of him? Whoa, whoa! You think fifty now? You think he's gonna go? Well, you can't. You can't bring the. You you can't bring your gun on a plane, and he was bringing the gun on a plane. Apparently, that's the story I read earlier. And also, uh, the team facilities—he's not allowed having the gun there. So yeah, I mean, what I read—they're—they're talking like fifty, or I mean, if if it comes out that there's more to that story with that kid. I mean, that could be his fucking NBA career. Well, we saw it with Gilbert Arenas, right? What, you know, uh, someone might have to help me out here, but Gilbert Arenas had a gun charge against him that ineffectively ended his NBA career because he was playing for the Wizards, I believe, at the time. But Gilbert Arenas. He, didn't he bring it to the, he brought it and pointed at uh, one of his teammates in the locker room, correct? Is that what happened? Wasn't it over like a car? Wasn't it over like a card game or something though? They were playing like cards or something, and he got pissed. Yeah, something like that. I just, I don't know, man. And Jaw's so young, dude. He's like twenty-three years old, man. Like, if this so, is in essence, hey, Lee, his so down a little bit. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, so, according to BleacherReport dot com, uh, Karen Butler details Gilbert Arena's gun incident in, in his new book um, where he had, talks about uh, Butler recounted the now infamous incident between the two uh, in December of 2009 when the two teammates with the Washington Wizards brought guns into the locker room. Uh, okay. says the two were kidding according to Butler Arena's uh, showed up to practice two days later Four guns, which he was displaying for all to see, led to the following. Hey, motherfucker, come pick one, uh, Gilbert told Jarvis while pointing to the weapon. Going to shoot to the, uh, going to shoot your, and it blinks out, with one of these. Uh, I know you don't need to shoot me with one of those, said Jarvis, turning around slowly like a gunslinger in the Old West. I've got one right here. All right. Okay. So... So they, I mean, what did that lead? Yeah. To, what did that lead to, Joe? What, what did that lead to? Though? How many? How much of a suspension did that lead to for Gilbert Arenas? Yeah, because that's. I'm, I'm kind of curious because honestly, after that incident, after that incident, we never heard from Gilbert Arenas again. I, I never heard anything. And if that's the path that John Morant's going to go down. If that if that's the path, then man, to have your NBA career over at like twenty three, over some stupid shit. I don't know. I, I really hope I mean, that the NBA. Go ahead. I said that's kind of where I think these young athletes they they think they can do what they want. They get this money and it gets to their head. Okay. I mean, we see it time yeah. and time again. Here's what he got, according to uh, CNN.com, uh, Washington. 
said suspended NBA star Gilbert Arenas uh, was sentenced to two years of suspension or supervised probation Friday for bringing guns into team's locker room. Uh, he also is okay. to serve 30 days in the halfway house. Uh, he was required to serve 400 hours of community service and could contribute $5,000 to a fund of victims of violence. Um, okay. That's it. Does not say anything about uh, any suspension from okay. games. Yeah. So, well, you said two years suspension, I think, is what you no, said. two years of oh, supervised okay. probation. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So, essentially, he had to check so, into the uh, – uh, uh, Okay. Check um, in with a police officer every week or every day. Okay. Two years. So, the I guess he did get a lengthy suspension – from um, from the NBA, um, as you as, as I think I'm, I, I see here that he missed like about thirty games, and then he got released and he went to the Orlando Magic uh, after that. So I don't know. It, it might be you know, Josh, you might be right with what you say. If they suspend John Morant for the rest of this season, which you're looking at, they've played about. 65 games so far that that would be about 17 games this season if you count the playoffs in that and then you say like 10 games next year i mean the 10 games next year won't really matter they can they can kind of get by through the first 10 games but they suspend them the rest of the season through the playoffs the memphis is memphis's chances of even getting to like the conference final are over over. Does the playoffs count though, or is it yeah. regular season? And they can count playoff games too. Okay, I didn't know if they could count if they count the playoff games or not for suspension. Yeah, they can. So I don't know, man. I hope I hope Jaw gets his head right. Like I said, he had no history of this stuff coming out of college. His first year or two in the league, we didn't hear anything. It's only been recent. So I hope that he finds some help and he gets settled down a little bit and you know maybe this is a wake-up call for him so we'll see we'll see what happens Tony these young kids Uh, get all this money and then they get they get around the wrong crowd and the I mean and that's what happens unfortunately all I mean dude's got all the potential in the world to be one of the best players ever and he's Throwing it away. So yes. you're right. I, I hope he can uh, get his head out of his ass and and come back and put just put his head down and be the player that he's been the last couple of years. So one of the quarterback dominoes has fallen. Uh, Derek Carr has signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints are now not going to be in the market for a quarterback. They get one of their guys that they that they wanted. They wanted a veteran quarterback. They felt that in that weak division where every team needs a starting quarterback, that they are in a position to at least win the division for the next two years. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. And so does, uh, what's the other team in the NFC South? Indy. Indy. No, that's AFC South. Indies in the AFC South, not the NFC South. Oh, uh, Atlanta. Uh, 
Atlanta, thank you. Atlanta. So all those teams need a quarterback. Now, Atlanta might have one in Desmond Ritter. I don't know if they feel that he's going to be the guy. They might be looking for a quarterback. Carolina, we know, needs a quarterback. And we know Tampa Bay needs a quarterback because all they have on their roster is Kyle Trask. Tampa Bay so I, I did hear that Tampa Bay Tampa Bay doesn't have a lot of money. Uh, they're so yeah. mu- they have so much money over the salary cap um, that they might go look at like Baker Mayfield uh, and have him compete against uh, Trask. Um, if the rumor's true about tomorrow, we all know the Ravens are probably going to franchise tag uh, Lamar Jackson. And I think they're going to do the second one. I think they're going to do the second one to where a team can offer him. And if they can't match it, then they'll get two first-round picks. I heard Atlanta might be the team interested in that. So So that would be interesting for at least two of the quarterbacks. I have to tell you something. Because you brought up Lamar Jackson, I was going to bring this up. But since you brought up Lamar Jackson, the word out of the combine is this: these two things. But Baltimore is not happy with Lamar Jackson, and it's not just for the whole contract situation. There's a lot of other things involved, and they also don't feel that he's been negotiating in good faith. But here's the big thing I heard. You know that Daniel Snyder is involved in a lot of turmoil that Daniel Snyder is probably on his way out as an NFL owner. I am hearing yep. that he might give the entire bag to Lamar Jackson as a big middle finger to the rest of the NFL. He'll give Lamar Jackson six years, $260 million fully guaranteed. He won't have to ever pay that debt because he won't be the owner anymore, and it will be a big fuck you to the NFL. And then he – kind of repairs his legacy because he brought Lamar Jackson to Washington. And he has a coach there in Ron Rivera, who is very adept at working with a quarterback with the skill set of Lamar Jackson. As you know, he went to a Super Bowl with Cam Newton and took the Panthers to the playoffs multiple times. So, very interesting. If Daniel Snyder wants to go rogue and say, you know what, fuck the NFL, I'm, I'm done, I'm out, and this is my one last kick in the nuts to you, this, and this is what I'm going to do, things could get very interesting because all of the so, owners hated so what Cleveland did. Just so you're aware, is, yeah, Daniel Snyder had the auction for the teams, and he, it was uh, everybody bid on it, but no one hit the minimum that he wanted to the bid. So as of right now, they still can't force him to sell the team because he hasn't got what he's asking for. Just, mm. just to throw that out there. Uh, and he did not allow Jeff Bezos to actually put a bid in like the NFL wanted Jeff Bezos to be able to. So wow. Jeff Bezos is working a different angle to try to get a bid in. But uh, as of right now, uh, Daniel Snyder is going to be the owner. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about the whole Lamar Jackson with him. Um, but yeah. they're over the salary cap, too. So there's no way they have enough yeah. money to even offer Lamar Jackson that much money as of right now. 
unless they start cutting some of their players. Yeah, I. So, well, I don't know, man. It should. It'll be interesting. I. That's that's an interesting point there. I didn't know that Jeff Bezos was even interesting. I, I have an idea that I'd like to throw out is if Mr. Bezos, if you happen to be listening, which I'm sure you're not, you have better things to do. But if you are listening by some happenstance, how about you throw all of your money into the All Bases Covered podcast, and then we buy Washington with your money, and then you can still call all the shots, but we would just be the face that goes with the ownership. Runs group. the place. <laughs> we're going to be like a John I'm the face that runs the place. Jeff Bezos, you just give us all your money. Give us give us $5 billion. Okay, give us $5 billion. No, that he, should be enough Daniel, to Daniel Snyder wants $8 billion for, for the Fuck commander. Daniel Snyder, $8 billion. You have $8 one of the billion. fucking shittiest franchises uh, ever known to man. I mean, granted, they were really good, you know, 40 years ago, but they haven't done anything since 1995. So, $8 billion. Give me a break. You're not the Dallas Cowboys. All right. I got, I got to jump off this call for like five minutes. So go ahead and uh, talk to, talk to the producer for about five and I'll be right back on. Oh, sorry. My boss is calling me. Got to, got to handle some work (laughs) stuff. Oh, shit. All right. All right. So, Bengals football, uh, while Josh is um, off the podcast for a minute. Uh, Joe, I don't know how you feel about this, but it seems that the from what I'm hearing, Duke Tobin and the GM for the Bengals are heavily leaning uh, tight end. Um in the first round, uh, they inter- they uh, met with all four of the top tight end prospects at the Combine, which would be Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, uh, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, uh, Luke Hargrove out of Oregon State, and then there was uh, uh, Sam Laporta out of Iowa. It looks like likely that at least two, if not three of those tight ends will be available when the Bengals pick 28. Now, I'm not a huge fan of taking a tight end in the first round unless I feel like he's a complete game changer. I would rather have Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma. But I'm kind of curious, Joe, your thoughts on on the Bengals draft and what you think they should go after in the first round, or if you think they should even target a tight end or keep Hayden Hurst on a cheap deal. Yeah, that's the hard part is um... that air, Joe. What is what is their <laughs> uh, what's their order? So the Bengals pick twenty eight. And the, the Bengals are picking 28 in the draft. Okay, so they got okay. 28th pick of the first round, 60th of the second. So they're they're pretty deep in each one of them. I mean, are they yeah. hoping that? Because I agree with you, they need a tackle 100. percent But yeah, do you think they're hoping that? Because let's be honest, first round. A lot of offensive guys don't really go, do they? I mean, 
or offensive line. Oh yeah, offensive offensive linemen, offensive linemen go in the first round all the time. Um, I I don't know if the Bengals are planning on addressing offensive line in free agency again, and then maybe taking another guy or two in the middle middle to late rounds as depth. I don't think the Bengals need a complete overhaul here on the offensive line. I really, I really no, don't. I, I think, I, I, I think they got to get a new left tackle and they got to get a right tackle to kind of hold the fort down until Leo Collins comes back. And that right tackle could be Jackson Carmen. Maybe Jackson Carmen plays right tackle for the first eight, nine games until Lael Collins is ready to come back. But I, I, I'm not real confident in that. I still think that you need you need another guard or two as depth, I think, and we need uh, a tackle. And so if they want to go – if they want to, you know, hit free agency for a, a guy here or there and then draft a couple dudes – because offensive line – in this class is fairly deep. I feel like the Bengals could grab a starter in the fourth or fifth round. It's a pretty deep class, uh, along with cornerbacks. Uh, but what's not deep in this class is, is is two positions that I also think the Bengals definitely need to address, the line. And I, I still think that they're in need of a, a linebacker. Uh, a linebacker as well because they might lose Jermaine Pratt. Um, I don't know how Akeem Davis-Gaithier is working out, uh, but really they've only got Logan Wilson back there. So uh, there's a lot of ways it could go, but uh, I think we'll know more about what their draft strategy is going to be once free agency kicks off. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at linebacker, there's a couple big names that were just cut. Uh, Kendricks from Minnesota led the team with like 136 yeah. tackles. That well, would be that's, that's that would be an upgrade from where we were at. And then uh, Leonard Floyd from the Rams, he just got cut. Well, that's where yeah. we're talking about it because there's a lot of things pointing to the Bengals picking up a tight end for the first round of the draft. Yeah, it looks like they're going. They they like that uh, Michael Mayer out of uh, Notre Dame, or that kid from Utah, or the two that Dalton, I'm hearing. Dalton, yeah, Dalton Kincaid. But yep. I was telling Joe that I like Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma, a lot, especially on the right <clears throat> side of the line. I don't think Anton Harrison necessarily projects as a left tackle in the NFL. But I, I like him a lot on the right side, especially to kind of fill in for Leal Collins and then maybe eventually take over his, the job from him maybe a year or two down the line. Yeah, but, but if, you, if you don't know he's going to be a starter right away, you don't waste a, your number one pick on that. You're going you're to get a number one start. pick that's going to be somebody that's going to be a starter pretty much right away is what you kind of want. But he would start right away, right? Because Leal Collins is going to miss at least the first six to eight games of the season. And then he's, uh, yeah. then he's there as valuable depth. The problem is the Bengals, they lost three starting offensive linemen right before the playoffs. They didn't have the depth behind them. We were starting B-level guys. J is not a good he, – he's not a great offensive lineman. And neither is Jackson Carmen 
I'm sorry. For that matter, Jackson Carmen's not a great offensive lineman. And then, you know, um, the the other guy, I can't remember his name, who replaced Alex Kappa, held his own okay. But, man, we got to have some depth there. And I, I want to have a better pass block win rate. Like, you know, the Chiefs were number one in pass block win rate all season. This is all I'm trying to say for a lot of the people who are like, oh, you know, keep giving Burrow more, more weapons. No, give him more fucking time. Jamar Chase, or I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a Chase or a T. Higgins. He has Travis Kelsey, and then he has a bunch of average to below average receivers on the outside. The Chiefs took the number one defense in sacks, the Philadelphia Eagles. They took the number one defense in sacks, and Philadelphia had zero sacks in the Super Bowl. Zero. Zero sacks in the Super They had they, – the Philadelphia Eagles set records with the amount of sacks they had on the season. And they didn't touch Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs had the number one pass block win rate in the NFL. You get Burrow in the – you give him an offensive line that finishes in the top eight in pass block win rate, not number 23rd like they did this past season, you know, you give them top eight, no one is beating the Bengals. No one is beating Joe Burrow. I, 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 I will say that loud and proud. I, maybe Mahomes, and that's it. But there is not a single other team or I don't think Mahomes in the them. NFL. What's that? I don't, I don't think Mahomes would beat them. If, if Burrow had the time, I mean, we've seen it out of the four games that they played in the last two years. Three of them, Bengals win. Yeah. And even that fourth game, the Bengals still had a shot to win that game, right? Right. Patrick Mahomes, he, he relies too much on one person, that's Travis Kelsey. If you can take away that top target and you can stop the run, he's not going to beat you. Plain and simple, he's not going to beat you. Um. Yeah. So you give Burrow the time, that Chiefs defense, they're not going to stop that team at all. And then as long as the Bengals can stop Mahomes one or two times in that in that game, they win every single time. So to your point, no team would probably beat them. Um, the only team I would say would have a shot, that would be the Ravens with Lamar Jackson healthy. I think yeah. the Ravens would have that shot. And for whatever reason, don't know what it is, the fucking Browns. They, yeah. That but, team just knows how to that, play against Burrow, and they beat them. But that's because Cleveland has a great defensive line that gets pressure. Miles Garrett and those boys get pressure. If, you, if, if Burrow was playing behind the offensive line, that gave him the time that Mahomes, and and Jalen Hurts and some of these other guys got. Nobody's beating them. Not the Ravens, not the Browns, nobody. The Ravens and the Browns can get pressure on Burrow because he plays behind a subpar offensive line. They made strides. And, Josh, you and I both saw that the Bengals' offensive line they made strides this past season down the stretch when they went on that win streak until they once again got hurt. But it still wasn't as good as what Mahomes had. So, no, absolutely if I'm not. Bengals, I mean, 
Yeah. You just if the Bengals had been in the Super Bowl instead of the Chiefs, the Eagles would have had at least six sacks. At least five yeah, or if not more. Sacks. It's just that the way they play defense too. Yeah. So exactly. Um, uh, or it, it might not because it with Burrow being able to get the ball out so fast too. That way. Yeah, but uh, that uh, that shotgun. Kansas City, Kansas City still ate his lunch. They stacked him four times in that game. No, I know that. No, I'm talking about so, if our offensive line we had before they all got hurt. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. It's but that's that's what I want to see them address more than anything. But now, um I was going this way with the car conversation, uh, before you had to step out for a second, Josh, but there's they say there's about four round one prospects at the quarterback position this year. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. I'm going to tell you now, there's really only two, and there might really only be one. I don't really like a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL. I think all of them are dependent on where they fall to. But I think out of all of them, C.J. Stroud has the best opportunity to become a quality starter in the NFL. Bryce Young's size worries me. I saw him walking. Yeah, he worries me too. Um, I saw him walking around the combine next to somebody who was like six foot flat, and he was shorter than him by at least an inch or two. It seems like, and he's really light. He's only like 170 pounds. Uh, Will Levis screams Zach Wilson to me all over. He screams Zach Wilson. And Anthony Richardson, I don't know why the fuck he's got all this fanfare and hoopla for a guy that threw 17 touchdown passes and nine picks and threw for 2,600 yards and completed barely 54% of his passes. That doesn't translate to an NFL quarterback. Everybody hyping Anthony Richardson, saying his raw athletic ability and his ability to run, and he has a cannon for an arm, are falling in love with Achilles Smith. Because isn't isn't that the same right type now, of quarterback that uh, Tennessee took last year? Who? Oh, Malik Willis. Yeah, but they Malik Willis. The yeah. The difference is, I think Malik Willis went in the third or the fourth round, not in the first round, not in the top ten. Correct. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, Anthony Richardson, he played one season at Florida. He, I don't think he was all that good. Yeah, he had he had yeah. plays to where he he ran the ball, but as far as throwing the ball, no, he was he was terrible. He was not very yeah. good at all. And here's the thing. you're gonna you're gonna put it's him not, above. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go finish here. I said, and, and you want to say he's he's a better prospect than the C.J. Stroud? I, yeah. Uh, apparently, C.J. Stroud was freaking lighting lighting the scoreboard up during that whole uh, yeah. combine. Like he was probably the best passer that a lot of these NFL scouts have seen in a long time. So that should tell you something. I still, I'm still not a big fan of C.J. Stroud. I think he's he gets flustered when he gets blitzed and he's getting pressure to his face. So that would be, I think, his knack where he's going to struggle in the NFL. Bryce Young, yeah. yes, he's small. Um, kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray, honestly. Um, okay. I think he's a better Kyler, 
Kyler Murray. Uh, I, think, got, I think he just has a better he's arm. Better head on his he's got a better head on his shoulders than Kyler Murray does. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Will Levis. Yeah, he, I don't think I think he's going to be a better Zach Wilson. I don't think he reminds me of a Zach Wilson. Um, maybe more of a like a Baker Mayfield. I, I think he's, he's better than Zach Wilson. So I guess yeah, just do, you know, do you know why? I'm trying to think. Jo- maybe maybe Josh Rosen, maybe a little bit. Strong arm, we'll big. Yeah, yeah. I think the only, the main reason why I had said, um, main reason why I had said uh, Zach Wilson is because every, he's apparently wowing everybody with these throws against air, and it just you know that's what Zach Wilson did, and it didn't turn out to be anything. Um, I'm gonna go back to Anthony Richardson real quick uh, because. Richardson completed 53% of his passes this past season, 53% of his passes. A lot of people were saying, oh, well, his receivers weren't that good. Anthony Richardson played at Florida. He didn't play at Boston College. He didn't play at Fresno State. He didn't play at Wyoming. He's not coming from North Dakota State. He played at Florida. You cannot tell me that Florida doesn't have wide receiver. I don't want to hear that argument. I don't. If Bailey Zappi at fucking Western Kentucky University can complete 70% of his passes at Western Kentucky, then Anthony Richardson should at least be able to complete 60% of his passes at fucking Florida. And exactly. Exactly. Those quarterbacks at, that come out of college with low completion percentages are bust nine times out of ten. There's been one or two guys that are the outliers, uh, Josh Allen being one of them. Uh, and then there was another guy. Cam Newton? That I'm, I'm like, what's that? No, Cam Newton was over 60% in college. Uh, but there's okay. another guy that I'm drawing a blank on right now. But he had like a under he had an underwhelming uh, completion percentage in college, but he turned out to be a pretty good pro quarterback. Uh, but Anthony Richardson doesn't strike me as that guy. And if he goes to Carolina, I think Carolina once again is going to be looking for a quarterback in three or four years. I just I don't see it with him. I, he doesn't scream winner to me. Um, Josh, we got about 20 minutes to go. Uh, let's, uh, pivot away real quick from some football. Um, you, we had talked about this before I went on my, uh, trip. Uh, and why don't you break down some of the, uh, base new baseball rules and some of the impact that you're seeing in spring training so far. I, I mean, the biggest one, I don't know all the rules. I really haven't paid attention, but one of the rules, they incorporated the, the clock now, and they're really holding players and pitcher, batters and pitchers to it. So the first couple of games of the season, uh, they had two instances uh, where the batter, you have 15 seconds for the pitcher to pitch the ball. You've got to be in the batter's box ready to go. And the pitcher's got 15 seconds to pitch the next pitch. 
And if the pitcher does it, it's like an automatic walk or a ball. I think it's, they said a walk, but I don't, don't quote me on it. Mr. Producer, if you can find out the regular rules, but um, another instance where the, if the batter doesn't get in the box in time, uh, it's a, it's a strike. So it was Boston and the Braves to where uh, the Braves were, had bases loaded and Boston was pitching and the batter didn't get in the box in time to where um caught him out. He thought it was a walk and ended the game. Bases loaded, one out or two outs, O2, got out, got out. So it ended the game on because the batter didn't get in the box early enough. And then it happened to Manny Machado with the Padres to where he didn't get in the box early enough and they called it they called it a strikeout too. So it's very, very interesting these rules and, and these players are gonna have to get used to uh getting in the batter's box. The pitchers are gonna have to get in there uh and pitch within fifteen seconds. Uh now the only difference is if like the if there's a man on first or on the base path, then the pitcher's got 20 seconds to pitch the the, the ball. So, uh, it, I don't like it because it, I think it takes away the pitcher's momentum. It, it fucks with the hitter. I mean, how many times have we, like, on Cincinnati, Sean Casey. Sean Casey took fucking forever, mixed both gloves, took a couple practice swings. It would take him about 25, 30 seconds to get ready in the batter's box. Yes, it does yeah. blow up the, the game, but the games are two and a half, three hours. They're boring as shit anyway. It, I mean, it's baseball. We all know that. What the hell is a pitch clock going to really do? It's going to speed it up a little bit, but, I mean, I'd rather be out of my house for two and a half hours, or three hours, at a baseball game than sitting at, back at home in an hour and a half, you know? Uh, I guess – so, does it improve the gaming? See, that, that you're making an interesting it's point because speed. what it's, it's the speed of the game. It, it's literally meant to increase well, the the tempo of the game. Like, yeah, the speed of yeah. the game. Now, where they're trying to change like actual play in the game is uh, they're they're changing the. Um, so at the time the pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt or infield grass with two on each side of second base. Uh, how this will what be enforced. Not- if the hitting team reaches base and runners advance on the ball hit uh, under the violation, the game proceeds. Uh, if the play has any other consequences, an out, a sacrifice, the hitting team can decide either accept the penalty, which would add one ball to the hitter's count, or decline it and the play would stand. Uh, this is supposed to increase batting averages because they're down to um, a 243 last year, uh, which is the lowest since 1968. Well, the one issue, the one thing that I, I'm glad they changed is the shift. That's why a lot of these hitters are not getting on base and not lowered the batting average because these, these analytics. Yeah. Is, yeah that's, that's the new rule. Shit, yeah. yeah. Perfect. It goes back to normal. You don't have three people on the fucking right side or three people on the left side to get some, to get the pool hitter, you know, Jay Bruce basically yeah. retired because he couldn't yeah. get it. He couldn't, he's, 
couldn't get it to the other side of the field. He wasn't he yeah. wasn't the, the pool hitter. So yeah. uh, if you look at his batting average career, two thirty, two thirty five. Yeah. If that rule was in effect now, two eighty hitter at that point. I don't think Jay Bruce is going to be two eighty hitter, man. I'm sorry. I mean, you say you bring. Like, I understand. Well, here's the thing: if you take away all the outs he got from them lining the the players up three on one side of the field, and he would hit into it all the time, you put that person back in position. He gets them balls in in between them players, right? That will increase his batting average. I don't know if it'd be by fifty points, but. I'm telling you, I, I do believe the, the batting averages will start going up because of that. It's better for baseball that way. Because you, you watch baseball in the early night. They didn't really do the freaking the shift. That just started when analytics became so prevalent in baseball. Wow, they're, uh, they're changing a bunch of things. So apparently yeah, also there's a lot of rules. Uh, pickoffs, um, they're changing that. Uh, to where after a third step off, the pitcher will be um, charged with a ball uh, unless at least one offensive player advances a base or an out and made on the ensuing play after the step off. Uh, they're increasing the size of the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches, um, which is supposed to reduce. Which is supposed to reduce injuries and also increase um, uh, stolen base attempts. And that's think, one thing that baseball lacks anymore is the stolen base. Or now everybody's such a yeah. proponent of I need to hit the ball at a launch angle. That's why I need to hit it. That's no fuck the launch no. angle. You need to just fucking get the man on, get him over, and get him in. That's baseball. And that's so here's what I thought bunt. about Joe and Joe. The reason stolen bases have kind of gone by the wayside is because analytics. It's 100% analytics because your stolen bases, uh, you typically have about a 75% chance of getting a successful steal. So that gives you about a 25% chance of getting out. And if you lose that man on base per the analytics. But here's where I thought they can make things interesting. To entice teams to steal is after the fifth inning, or you can say all game, whatever, but I thought after the fifth inning, you got a guy on first base. Let's say you got a guy on first base with with one out, and you steal, and it's successful. That out comes off the board. Or let's say you have a guy on first, and it's two outs, and he steals second base or third base successfully, that out comes off the board. So let's say you're down 3-1. No, no, you can't do that. They're they're trying to decrease how long the game lasts, not increase it. Jesus, can you imagine? Wait a second. Wait a second here. Wait a second. First, before you talk about Wait a second. I, I understand that they want to decrease games. But they also want to bring excitement into the game. They want more action and more. And nobody, and Josh just said it, nobody's doing squeeze bunts anymore. Nobody is trying to advance runners. Everybody's trying to to hit the home run or they're striking out. If you 
to if you it would be strategy. Not everybody's going to be. That's why I said after the fifth inning, or maybe you do it after the sixth inning when there's only a few innings left in the game. You don't do it for the whole game. And if you're down three to one, and you got a guy on first base, and let's say there's two outs and you steal second, that out comes off the board. Now you have one out and you got a guy on second. You have the tying run at the home plate. It, it makes for a lot of different exciting scenarios that could happen and and because we don't see people steal bases anymore the league leader in steals is like 40 stolen bases now if that well and, and i think a lot of that has to do with is with pitching too right we we go back in the yeah. 80s we go back in the 70s 80s 90s what's the velocity of these pitchers 85 to 92 to 93 miles an hour correct so it's a lot easier for them to steal because they have uh, an extra second or two, right? These pitchers are coming out. They're throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour starting pitchers. It's harder to steal when somebody can freaking chuck the ball 95 miles an hour and then you got a catcher that can equally throw 80 miles an hour, you know? So yeah. I think All that right. hurts. What? A lot of the yeah. stolen bases, too, not just analytics. I think it was just – I mean, you, you just can't steal on freaking pitchers anymore because they're throwing the ball that damn hard. Um, but Nolan Ryan threw the ball very hard and people right, – Yeah, I mean, Nolan Ryan did. He's one of the outliers, but uh, – I mean, depend on when you got him, too. I mean, if he threw that off – off yeah. speed pitch, and yeah, you can run on him. He's throwing that. Heat. Yeah, but it's it's hard to run on somebody. But just like you said, not, these pitchers aren't throwing 104, 102 every single pitch, man. No, they're throwing it. Uh, these starting pitchers are throwing 95 to 100. All well, eight, yeah. six and all four or five innings, right? Well, it'd be yeah, honest, you though. might you might get them on the. You you might be able to get them on a breaking pitch, but you got to guess on that pitch. Well, if you think about well, it, though, also with them uh, putting the pitch timer, I mean, there is no more giant, like, warm-up breaks or anything like that. Like, I mean, you're going to see a lot of pitchers that are going to wear down quicker because oh yeah, they got to throw that ball. And so they're not going to, like you said, they're not going to consistently be throwing that ball 95, 98, 100 miles per hour. Oh, yeah, they, will. they still will. Yeah. They'll figure yeah. it out. I think their speed will so, drop. Yeah, it might. Um, I got to tell you something crazy that I just read as I was reading about Nolan Ryan and trying to see how many times he was stolen against. Nolan Ryan, as we all know, he threw seven no-hitters in his career. Do you know that he also threw 12 one-hitters? Yep. That's he had a crazy lot to of one-hitters. That's – Twelve one hitters and seven no hitters. I don't think anybody's touching that record. I don't think seven no hitters is is ever going to be. No one's coming close to that. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody's coming close to that. I mean, I, just just I don't, what he's got. I don't think anybody's getting close to his strikeout record either. He retired with five thousand seven hundred and fourteen strikeouts. Randy Johnson, who's number two all time, do you know how many strikeouts he had? Like 4,000. 
4,875. He was almost a thousand strikeouts shy, which is what, like another five, five or six seasons, right? That's like five or six seasons yep. of a thousand strikeouts. So, well, you got to remember, Nolan Ryan pitched to he was like 45, though, too. That's true, too. So that's, that, true. that's one thing to where, like, Randy Johnson, he retired at, oh, what, 39, 38, 39? But Nolan no, Ryan he pitched to like 40. 45. No, Randy Johnson was like 42 when he retired. Uh, if you don't believe me, very he was 45. He was 45 when he in his final season in 2009 for San Francisco. He's 45 years. Did not know that. So he only pitched 96 innings, but he was still 45 years old. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think, what, Nolan uh, Ryan had his last no-hitter when he was, like, 43, 42, 43? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. It, so, was, it was, like, 1990 like or 91. He was 44, 44. He but, and, here's, and here's the thing. He'll, he, he also had a, a barely over a 500. I think he had just a little bit over a 500 record for his career. But what's crazy is you just said he had seven no-hitters. He had 12 one-hitters. But yeah. he'll never – he's never considered the best pitcher ever in baseball. Because he That's crazy to think teams. about that. He played on a lot of bad teams. Nolan Ryan oh, I know did. he did. That, like some of those Angels teams and then the Houston Astros teams he was on and then the Rangers, they just weren't that good. And as no. you know – a baseball pitcher, if I go out there and I throw seven innings and I strike out nine and I give up five hits to two runs and my team loses two to one, I'm taking the loss, but I pitched a hell of a game. Oh, exactly. I mean, anymore, if he fucking yeah. throws six six innings with two runs, you're fucking great. Yeah. And you're, you're not yeah. seeing these pitchers go. And I mean, that's the difference between, again, 80s, 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even before that. Pitchers were fucking throwing complete games. They were throwing until 10th, 11th inning, you know? Now these pitchers are five innings, four, five, six innings, and they're pulled. Yeah. That's how much analytics has changed baseball. For the worst. Like, normally you would have more bench players for for hitters, and now you have have to have it for your pitchers. Yeah. You got to have all these little specialists. Let's, uh, before we run out of time, because we only got about seven and a half minutes left to go, uh, Josh, let's jump into uh, AEW Revolution um, and and talk about that. The, obviously, the highlight of the night was the Iron Man match between Daniel Bryanson, or, or Brian Danielson, sorry, and MJF. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, some other quality matches that happened uh, in the card. Um, one of the shocking things that happened and that I'm wondering if there's a lot of there's been a lot of smoke about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks leaving they dropped the trio title um, to the House of Black so any any more smoke on this guy leaving AEW uh, the Young Bucks no uh, Kenny Omega okay. yeah there's a lot of smoke coming out from Kenny Omega um, okay coming to WWE with Cody. Um, there's also a lot of smoke with Jay White, who had just recently uh, 
his contract ended with New Japan. So they're thinking, well, if uh, they can get Jay White, they might be able to go out and get Kenny Omega. Because Kenny Omega's contract is coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, okay. The Young Bucks, I think they got another year or two before they're up. Okay. Uh, but Kenny Omega has already said he wants to go face Roman Reigns. Uh, I think he wants to come back to WWE to get get a big payday before his career starts going downhill. I think he wants to go yeah. face off with AJ Styles. Uh, some some big names that he's never had a really a big chance to wrestle. Um, yeah. So Somebody like Seth a lot Rollins of smoke there. Good matchup for him. Seth Rollins, that'd be fucking yeah. fantastic. Um, so usually where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. I, I think there's still talk of CM Punk still possibly coming back, and I think that's the driving force for Kenny Omega wanting to leave AEW. I I think if CM Punk was released and let go and there's no rumors of him coming back, then I don't see them that smoke coming from Kenny Omega. Okay. Um, the, the one thing I'm kind of getting tired of watching yeah. is, is John Moxley. I I, I okay. really do like John Moxley, but goddamn, every fucking match you're bleeding, dude. It, okay. it no, stop. It, it you watered it down so much now. Now it's not even special anymore. You know, like yeah. you're supposed to bleed like may, maybe these big pay per views, but you're bleeding every fucking week, and it's just stupid. It's like I understand you're yeah. you're going after this hardcore audience, but goddamn. Keep keep the blood in for once, and I, I think that's kind of where AEW they're they're starting to get blood down. I'm not call it watered down; it's blood down. You're showing too much blood, <laughs> too many times anymore. Yeah. Um, Almost like that Texas, Texas Death Match probably wasn't for everybody because that match was yeah. fucking violent, and I think was I it? think it had a the Texas Death Match. Yeah, that okay. match was pretty fucking violent. And it, it probably wasn't suitable for a lot of kids watching that. A uh, lot of blood, uh, hanging by a freaking uh, a chain to tap out. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, it was a good match, but probably not the best for most audiences. You definitely can tell yeah. that they're not PG. Uh, oh. I like I liked the House of Black going over. They finally got a chance to shine. Uh Hopefully they can continue, and we can see what they do. Um, the, the four-way tag match, uh, that's, just, that's just stupid. I think with them, it, it was going to lead to FTR coming back anyway and FTR challenging to go get the titles. And I think, that, I think FTR is going to get the belts. Uh, their contract's also up. And there's yeah. a uh, there was a post from Dax Hardwood that he had he took a picture and on his desk there was a, a piece of paper and then it, it looked like you could see the W and WWE, but all yeah. most of it was put away to where the speculation like oh shit that's probably a contract offer from WWE. Uh, I think that was more of his his tactics to try to get AEW to offer more money or, or uh, yeah. less less dates for them. Uh, and they needed a break, so they finally came back. Um, 
which I fucking love FTR. I think they are one of the best tag teams out there. And they remind me of 80s tag team wrestling. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dax Harwood, for some reason, reminds me so much of Arn Anderson. I don't know why, but he okay. just does. Um, Real quick, I want to ask Logue, you. Whatever, Samoa we... Joe, that, that was, eh. Yeah. Can we finally put the Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Christian Cage feud to bed? This, I feel like this has been going on for like nine months. Like, they broke up. Yes. The, the, the Luchasaurus, and this has been happening for too long. And now it's just time to, to end it, please. And it there's there's no, nothing else for them to do. That was I really didn't like when they broke up Jurassic Express. I thought I thought that was a really good tag team, and they were fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I they, did too. Yeah, you're right. Oh. And then uh, Luchasaurus got injured too, so he's out for a while. All right, uh, UFC 285. Now I watched this when I was in New York. I what uh, the people who were staying at. Uh, uh, you didn't download it fight. yet, so I couldn't watch it. Uh, I, I, it'll be up there. It'll be up. It actually might be up there now. No, it's not quite up there yet. It's downloaded. I haven't uh, had a chance to upload it to the server, you son of a bitch. You know what? All you fuckers <laughs> on X always bothering me. You know, on, like, Sunday night, people were like, hey, where's Mayor of Kingstown? Where's this? I'm like, I'm out of town. I'm not home. I can do this shit for you people. So. Hey, I never. There's only a couple things I've ever asked you for, so it's not me. <laughs> so it's not me. And usually when I ask well, you for something, it's already been out for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, AEW. Plus, I got Paramount. Plus, I use Joe's login. <laughs> AEW Revolution will be up there tomorrow, so don't fret. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh. Not shocked that John Jones submitted Cyril Gain in the first round. He's one of the greatest of all time. Apparently, the next fight for John Jones is going to be going to be against Stipe Mirchak. That should be a hell of a one. But other than that, this card was very, very overwhelming or underwhelming. Sorry, very underwhelming. Um, didn't really care for the Rachmanov Jeff Neal fight. Uh, almost near decision. It went to the third round uh, because in, in a non-championship fight, it's, um, it's they only fight three rounds, and he choked him out with like 30 seconds to go. Um, so I, I don't know. And to me, it's not a great card. Hopefully, I think the next one, guys, that we might have to get together for is UFC 286. This this card is loaded, and the main event's going to be Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. Uh, that that's going to be fun. ooh the rematch. That's exactly, yeah, that's going to be happening on March 18th. So uh, that one, oh shit, is that already next weekend? I didn't know. I thought you uh, only did like one major pay per view once. I didn't realize that they were nine more. Like up. every two weeks. Jesus, All no, right. it's like every other weekend anymore. Uh, and that's also when uh, NCAA tournament starts that weekend too. Oh man! Okay, very, all right. Very might bad have, weekend for that. And it's no, it can't be March 18th. Maybe, March 18th isn't, isn't that a uh, Sunday? Uh, hold on, Saturday. I'm pulling it up here. Is it Saturday? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the 16th of Thursday. That's right. And then 
Because uh, St. Patty's Day is on a Friday this year. Okay, got it. All right, folks. Well, that is all the time we got here on uh, Monday. We will be back at it strong on Friday. We did not get to unveil our bracket for the top divas. That's okay. We'll, we'll have it for. Sorry, Josh. Be ready for a things that piss me off on Friday. Oh, okay. Well, we things that piss me. Louis not having the fucking gotta... bracket ready. Uh, you know, well, the bracket's ready. We just didn't get to it today, you son of a bitch. Or maybe if you didn't have to okay. fucking drop podcast and talk to your stupid boss, then we wouldn't have – we could have gotten to it. But, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, one one thing we didn't get to either is fucking Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. We could have got that one, yeah. too. Bastard, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to that either. But <laughs> thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We'll be back at it strong on Friday. Take care, everybody. We cover all bases. Face it, you can't erase us. Back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it. Always our response is amazing. All bases covered. Yeah, yeah, you know you love it. Our thoughts, they be off with a dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather. Then you know we bringing it home. We cover all bases. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.